This is King Brady. Oh, God. He ain't ready. All right. No. Count us in. Podcast like a champion today, Katie. Don't mess it up. I won't. You can mess it up. If you do, yeah, it's fine. Pay, pay I'm, I'm more stuff, worried yeah. about Lane than you. <laughs> I haven't uh, messed up in like... A week since last week? Yeah, tonight. <laughs> was literally, yeah. you messed up like four times last time. <laughs> I haven't messed up tonight at all. It's all right, Lane. We all have our... The night is still young. I need one of those like boards that says this many days since I messed up zero. on there. <laughs> yeah, I know. you know what? I'm gonna get one of those. It'd just be funny to have it like hold up for our YouTube channel whenever it happens. <clears throat> the YouTube, YouTube live. channel. We are robbing people of seeing our faces. <laughs> Keep dreaming, Brady. Keep dreaming. Dream on. I am dreaming. Dream All right, let's roll, Cadillac. Started over by that. <laughs> We're fine. Oh my God. Just, we didn't even get through the spot. If you didn't get through the song, it would have been fine. Dang, never. We didn't even get through the song. I'm eating myself. Go ahead. Are you looking for the spot to kick back, relax, and talk all things Southern Miss? Well, you're in the right place. Welcome to the Everyday Eagles podcast. The podcast for Southern Miss fans by Southern Miss fans. Hey, 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 everybody. Welcome to this episode of the Everyday Eagles podcast. We're excited to talk about some baseball and softball and who knows what else we'll get into with the mailbag questions. Uh, but before I dive into it, um, I have to bring in that lovely co-host of mine, that grumpy old guy from Eagle Post, Mr. Lane Brady. What's up, Lane? Hey, Chuck. Hey, yes, this is your boy, Chuck. Thank you, Don. Kink. <laughs> There you go. I was wondering where it was. So, I was wondering where it was. Listeners, you can't see this because we don't post the video, but everybody but me is on camera right now. I'm cuddled up in my bed talking to y'all. Um, so I guess I guess I'm it's a okay. Slacker. We don't need the visual. I, mean, I got a pretty picture put up. You don't have to put your camera on. It's okay. Next Joe. week. This is this is but my last. Week. But I'm seeing everybody else's yes. face, and I think we're robbing the people. By not putting this on fa- on on YouTube, is that what this would go on? Is that what they put podcasts or the, on? Or the Facebook? I guess so. <laughs> yeah. Or the Instagrams. So, but yeah. I am going to need you to take yeah, your no camera doubt. off during the intro because when you start making your little <laughs> motions and stuff, like it, it's hard. I had to like swallow a laugh. Yeah, yeah like I mimic Chuck the whole time while he's talking, and it really gets yeah. on his nerves. It's it's one of my favorite things. Imitation. <laughs> what, what, what? <laughs> yeah, it's the sincerest form of flattery. Identity theft. It's so. not a joke. Identity theft is not a joke, Jim. Millions of families suffer every year. 
That's true right. story. That's right. Well, man, I am excited about our guest tonight. We have brought back uh, a veteran, so to speak. She's been on before, but we wanted to. Uh, we heard her yelling this weekend at the Pete, so we're like, we got to get Katie Kelly back on. But uh, Katie, are you there? I'm here, guys. Hey, Katie. What's up? I'm good. How are y'all? We're good. Good to have you back on the show. I'm glad to be back. Listeners, Katie's going to do a good job tonight of uh, giving us a good recap of this past week. A good look into the next week and answering some of the burning questions you guys have. The one that I think is probably in the forefront of everybody's mind is, where is the pet band? Oh, Lord. You know, I've actually got a lot of people that ask me why the band isn't at baseball games. <laughs> I've been waiting all day to ask you that on air. <laughs> I hadn't told you that. I've been waiting all day to ask you. That's why I named my name Grumpy Old Dude on Eagle Post. Uh, Just... It all played in. Now you're seeing full circle, the yeah, name and everything. So where where is the there pep band? Why aren't y'all out there playing? <laughs> what would we play at the baseball? Take game? me out to the ball. There, game? I don't think there's enough. Three blind mice. You should play all their batting yeah. music. All their batting musics. <laughs> the longer yeah. songs. Yeah, play them They're all. Batting. Uh, I don't know. I think that's probably like one of my favorite parts. It's just Hear hearing the, the walk up song, and it's just. It gives like everybody that's in the band because a lot of us in Pride go to the baseball games. It gives us a chance to like watch a sport without having like to work at it. Yeah, I dig that. I dig so, that. Bands don't go to baseball games. No, anyway. it's I'm joke. actually kind it's of a, glad. It's a joke from basketball season that's just been lingering this whole time, and it's, it's fun. fun. Somebody asked her, somebody put, made some nasty post on Eagle Post about the band and Katie went in full force, nose first Look. on them. It was, it was fantastic on our end to read the response. It is. I, I get on Eagle I Post impressed. just to read Katie Kelly's comments sometimes. <laughs> hey, I'm she not is Is she not? She is. she is just a savage on online. It's awesome. Mm, I love it. I'm not afraid to call somebody That's out. right. I like I it I like too. it. I like it. Make them answer for what they're saying. It's good stuff. Good times. Well, Andy, you want to ask her the questions, man? Yeah, I'll ask the questions. So, Katie, I know we've had you on before, but remind us all, uh, why are you an everyday eagle? Um, so, first of all, is I'm a student here at Southern Miss. Um, I'm currently a sophomore here. And um, I've enjoyed every minute of it. It's probably one of the best decisions I've ever made. And then, um, I guess more importantly, and, um, more importantly is that I've grown up a Southern Miss fan. Um, I'm sure y'all remember my dad. He told y'all that like, um, we have been season ticket holders for football for as long as I can remember. Um, my mom, uh, grew up and has family that lives in the Hattiesburg area. So I've been coming to Hattiesburg and Southern Miss sporting events for as long as I can remember. And I've never, it's been hard, but I've never disliked it ever. It's always been something that I've looked forward to and enjoyed doing. And I guess that's just, it's, that's what makes me an everyday eagle. So uh, this is a, a side question here. 
Uh, when we had your dad on the show, he shared about your first game in the Pride as a as a freshman, um, like the first football game you played in. I want to get your take on that day. What was it like for you? Were you just like, like, do you even remember it? What did it blow by? <laughs> like, what what was it like for you? Yeah, it did go by very quickly, but I just remember that um, all throughout preseason, we had spent we'd spent like a long time working on this show because I think preseason we had around like August 13th, August 20th, somewhere around there. And so we'd spent a long time learning pregame, learning our halftime show, working on Eagle Walk and just getting able to experience that was something I'll never forget. I'll never forget my first Eagle Walk. That is like a moment that I think every pride member remembers and they'll never forget because Eagle Walk truly is one of the best experiences of game day. And as a Southern Miss student or a Southern Miss fan, alumni, it's one of the best things that you get to experience. And I just remember being like in awe of everything because I had seen it. I had grown up seeing it, going to Eagle Walk, seeing the Pride do pregame, doing halftime. And I had always known that I was like, as soon as I joined band, I knew that I was going to be a part of that one day. But actually being a part of it, it's, it's, I don't know how to describe it. It's like, I don't know how to put it in words. It was truly like one of the like most amazing things I've ever done. And like dad said, I'll never forget seeing, like looking over and seeing all of them during the first Eagle Walk. Cause my dad was there. My mom was there. My grandmother was there. My aunts were there. My brother was there. I just remember looking over and seeing all of them and seeing how excited they were. And that just made me even more excited. And it's true. It's an experience I'll never forget. Awesome. Good to hear. Good to hear. And uh, you might have just answered the next question. I don't know. What's your favorite Southern Miss moment? That definitely is at the top of my list. Um, that That's also that's it's just almost nothing can top that. Except like, meeting me and Lane last year at the Baton Rouge. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Of I mean, course. We, I mean, I thought I didn't even have given. to mention it. Right. I thought that was already a given. Um. But that was one of the best experiences I've ever had. Um, and then if we want to go like sporting events, um, I guess I have, I, I have to go with the super re- or the regional. Um, I just remember like the anxiety and the adrenaline sitting there watching those last two games, knowing that we had to win those last two games and just the atmosphere that was in Pete Taylor Park that weekend. It's, I don't know if I'll ever get to experience something like that ever again. And I was with my mom and my dad. My brother couldn't be there. But I just remember waiting in line and hearing all the LSU fans talk about how they had this the regional in the bag and they couldn't wait to have a super regional in Baton Rouge. And I just sat there and I just held my tongue. I was like, okay, I, I can't say anything. I just sat there, sat there and took it. And then finally beating them and just kind of almost sticking it in their face being like you thought you had this in the bag but you didn't it was like one of those things and i hate the sec oh, i'm not afraid you. to say it i hate i hate the sec so winning a regional against an sec team just made it all the more better mickey and tara you have it raised her right I'm, i just gotta say it was fantastic that's i don't know man like i've seen a lot of good southern miss moments 
It's going to be hard to top that. Like watching the last out against LSU in that regional and knowing knowing that, like we already knew, didn't we already know at the time that Ole Miss was going to travel yeah, to yeah. either us or LSU? Yeah. So seeing that final out, knowing that we had a super coming, like that's going to be hard to top in my book. It was awesome. So remind our listeners real quick before we dive off into a bunch of sportsy stuff here, what do you play? What instrument do you play? Um, I play the trombone. Okay. I got you. I, I couldn't remember. Yeah. So, so the last time we had Katie on guys, we did a, uh, it was a pride of Mississippi special show and it was Nico. her and her, her buddy Nico. That's right. And both of y'all played the same instrument. Both of y'all played trombone, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, and I'll tell you, Katie, of all the episodes we've done, I've probably received more compliments on your True episode. Story than any of them honestly wow. like i had i've had just random people stop me at the peak like who knew who i was and be like look i loved the episode i was in the pride back at this time i'm a pride alum and you know they don't get as much recognition as they deserve and i listened to that episode when y'all were when y'all interviewed them and i just loved every second and all that like it really it, mm-hmm. it resonated with a lot of people. I think it was a really good. That's one For of sure. our favorites. I think. Oh, that's so, awesome to hear. That's like yeah. me and Nico both enjoyed that so much, and we had so much fun doing that. So it's glad to glad to hear that people also enjoy it. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully they can use that somehow to bring in some more band members, some more pride members to Southern Miss. If you're a if you're a high school band member, and this comes across your whatever stream you listen to stuff on you just heard her talk about eagle walk it's Mm -hmm. it's unbelievable there's only one way to experience it come to southern miss come join the pride let's do this thing right (laughs) well i think we uh had a knock at the door is that a paint with the mailbag warning 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 (laughs) (laughs) wrong button he got his buttons mixed up i know that wasn't on purpose if we had the camera off i would have thought it was on purpose but his camera's on i saw the look on his face i do like that sound bite though wrong one but i will make it i will make it my mission to actually find us a sound bite for this segment a permanent one that's not conference room or Kevin Malone randomly yelling warning. Kevin Malone's my favorite office but, character. Yeah. I, so I I agree. He he and Creed are probably my two favorite. Yeah. In my opinion. But anyway, yes, we have some mail today. We actually have a couple of a couple of questions come in today. Oddly enough, coming in from Mr. Mickey Kelly, the Mickey Kelly. Hey. Yeah, no relation to Katie whatsoever. None. Um, uh Uh-huh. All right, so the first question he asked was, all right, so he says, so Doc Brown shows up in the DeLorean, and you can go back in time and watch one Southern Miss sporting event. What game would that be? That is a great a question. question. We're going to let Lane go a, first, so I can think great. of one. <laughs> yeah, of course you're going to go, let Lane. Go. go. First. All right, so mine isn't necessarily a game. 
as much or an event as much as it is an athlete. Is that cheating to say there's an athlete that was before my time that I've always thought would be really fun to watch him play live, like in person. And that's Reggie Collier. Um, to me, he had a skill set. You see a lot of running quarterbacks nowadays, and you see offenses are really built for that running quarterback. A lot of offenses are, and defenses have kind of built themselves to stop the running quarterback. But when Reggie was playing, he had a skill set that was really unique for that time. You know, when you think about like, I know this might be kind of a boring thought here for a lot of people, but for me, it's exciting to think about like the coaching side of me with football, but like there wasn't a lot of defenses built to stop a running quarterback back then. They were not centered around that. They were centered around stopping a heavy run game coming at them, stopping the play action pass over the top. And if that quarterback that just stands in the pocket and throws all day decides to run, we'll just go catch up to him. Well, Reggie Collier kind of flipped the script. (laughs) You know, he was a weapon whenever he pulled it down and ran. And um, I just really think it would have been fun to see him back then um, when that skill set wasn't necessarily – something that a lot of people were built for. Now people go looking for running quarterbacks. That's what they try to recruit. Back then, Reggie was kind of a unicorn for his time. Like, you didn't have that. And if they did have a quarterback they can run, they didn't want him to because they didn't want him getting hit and getting hurt and stuff. Um, it was just a different game, and he was kind of a – he stood out in that in that style of play that they had back then. And I think it would have been really, really fun to see that in person – to see him play and really just make defenses have to scratch their head and say, what do we have to do? You know, um, I think he would have been a really good one to watch, a really fun one to watch. So I'm going to go with any game that Reggie Collier played in. I would have loved to have seen him just go out there and show out. And also, side note, I kind of wonder if Reggie Collier watches guys like Lamar Jackson and Jalen Hurts and these running quarterbacks and thinks to himself, if the offenses were built like this whenever I played, I would have, like, demolished everybody. I wonder if that thought ever goes through his head. That'd be something to ask him one day. We need to get him on the show, we'll get Chuck, him on there, so man. I, I work him. on that. All right, Katie, what about you? Okay, so I think I'm going to have to choose the Louisiana game and basketball from this season. That was a game that I only got to be at the second half of it for. Um, We had a rehearsal in Pride for an event that we had to play at. And so we, um, uh, the people that were in pet band couldn't make it to the first half of the game. We had subs fill in um, or people in the school of music that aren't in Pride. And um, they played at the first half of that game. But I didn't get to see the first half of it. And if anybody... I'm sure we all remember that was like a major game. It was the whiteout game. Reed Green was packed. I've never seen it so full in my life. Um, and I think I would choose that game just so I could go back and watch in person what happened the first half of that game. Because that is, like I said with um, this uh, regional in baseball, that is another atmosphere and experience that I don't know if I'll ever get to experience again. Um, and I... It's a little selfish, but I want to see the first half oh, of that absolutely. game in That's person. not selfish. 
You can be selfish. This is the mailbag segment. It's all about selfishness. That's right. Selfishly, what would you like? <laughs> Paid. <laughs> I don't know. How, I don't know if these cameras are going to work. What would you travel back in time to see? Where, I would like to travel oh back in time Lord, to see Lane run again. <laughs> can we do that? <laughs> Was that a late shuffle? This is recorded. We're going to have to get that on replay. Runs. All right. Oh, I can't. I can't. Uh, Oh, wow. If I had to pick one, uh, I would say I'd have to go with the... I'd probably have to do the uh, Super Regional down in Florida before we made it to the College World Series. That would probably be one that I would love to have seen in person. Um, Obviously, that happened uh, many moons ago. But just from what, just from watching some clips online and, you know, getting to see bits and pieces of it, I would just really like to have experienced that myself. (laughs) <laughs> yes, Lane, I know you was there. <laughs> I'm so glad this is not a video podcast right now. <laughs> Lane, his uh, sticky notes. Um, but anyway, yeah, that that's the one I would go with. You know, just and just watching the guys, you know, that watching that final pitch and just the dog pile out there, just absolutely incredible, I'm sure. Um I would have just loved to have seen that in person myself. So that's the one I would go with. That's a good that's answer. A good answer. answer. Good answer. Good answer. What is this? Family feud? Chuck, <laughs> where would you travel? Have you thought of something? I have. I have. And, you know, uh, going back to 2009 in Atlanta, Georgia, um, 14 years ago, Katie may not have been alive then. I don't know. Um, yes, you were like six, seven then. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Six. Yeah. Okay. I was six. Uh, oh, okay. We're old lane. Uh, so I would go back to that last, either, either that first game against Elon, because it was, you know, they led the nation in home runs and it was just, it was a battle that first game or that last game against Georgia tech when, um, I think it was, yeah, they had a, told Taylor Walker to kind of shift over to guard the line, and um, they hit a scud to Taylor Walker, um, and he caught it, stepped on first for one one out, and then threw to second to get a double play to tag out, and they won the, the regional, our, our first win. You know, because we had gone to 100 regionals, felt like, and we never won one, but that, I mean, that first regional win was just i mean just and it was a beautiful play and it was a play that you don't you know see that often usually you go second to one um but you know he made sure he got that first out and then he threw it over i think ba was playing short and reached up and tagged him and uh got that got that third out to send us to florida which pate just talked about so that's where i would like to see that again oh great ones there for sure all right so the great Mickey Kelly had a second question for us, and he asked, what is your favorite baseball movie? 
Mm. Also a very tough one there. Can I go first so nobody steals my answer? Yes, go ahead, Lane. Moneyball. I, I would not have. Moneyball is by far my favorite. Why? I don't know. I, I'm a stats guy. I, mean, I know, but <laughs> yeah. The There's whole Southern Southern movie's about in stats. And that, uh, that movie, too. Yeah, Chad Bradford. Chad Bradford, yeah. Yeah. You just like it because Brad Pitt's in it, don't you? You're a Brad Pitt fan. <laughs> no, uh, no, but I really do like the movie. I, I, yeah. I remember seeing it in theaters, and I just, you know, I love the numbers of sports. I love keeping up with like stats and numbers and all, and and seeing what the underlying numbers are telling us about a person's performance. And that's what that whole movie is. And so, you know, I'm watching that movie and. It's just right up my alley. I play fantasy baseball a lot. I love it. And I felt like it was kind of a fantasy baseball slash baseball fan slash stat fan uh, show. I feel like it was perfect for a person who likes that kind of stuff. I loved the the movie. I thought it was really, really good. So Moneyball is my answer. All right, Katie. Okay, so... This is, I'm a comedy person, so of course I gotta go with like a comedy answer. Um, but this is a movie that, um, forever ago, my mom and dad sat me and my brother laying down. I was like, okay, we have to watch this movie. It is one of the funniest movies you'll ever see. And I remember that after we watched it, this is a movie, like, of course, me and my younger brother, we used to fight all the time. Of course, siblings do it. Um, and this is like, if you put this movie on, we would sit and we would watch it and we were just best friends the entire time the movie was playing because it was one of the times that we just got to laugh with each other. And so for that reason, I think I'm going to have to pick Binge Warmers. It's one of the, I still find it hilarious to this day. I just watched it recently and I still found myself cracking up at everything. And it's just one of those movies where it was, it's one of those like first movies that mom and dad were like, okay, you have to watch this movie. You're not getting out of it. You're watching it. And I, I love it. It's, it holds a special place in my heart. Mm. Is that the one where he puts the twenty in the thing? Yes, and says, I yes, am twelve yes, for his yes. birth certificate. Is that the movie? We quote, yeah. "I am twelve all the time." We just walk around. I am twelve. Maria, I am 12. why did you leave me? <laughs> yes, that's all I think about that. He's scene got documentation. Oh my goodness. Chuck. Favorite baseball movie. Okay, so um, in 2014, well, I, let me let me preface this. So, huge Rookie of the Year fan, um, hence why I have the picture of myself that I have here. Uh, we went to watch the Chicago Cubs and the Atlanta Braves play in 2014 at Wrigley Field, and lo and behold, two rows in front of us was um, Thomas Ian Nicholas who was Rookie of the Year. He was in American Pie, all that. Um, and so we're like, yes. That's no. who that is in the picture with me right there. Seriously? Uh, in the middle. And so, you know what? I was like, y'all, let's just go talk to him. Like, he seems like a nice guy. Like, you know, the game's over. Let's just walk up and chit-chat. So we walked up. Super nice guy. Invited us. He, he was playing uh, at a club there. He's like, come listen to my band. We'd love to have y'all. Um 
I was like, look, I know this is going to be really weird, but my nephew Chance, he's, he was like nine at the time, eight. I was like, he loves Rookie of the Year. Can I like record a message you saying hello to him? He's like, absolutely. So he's like, hey, Chance, what's going on? This is Hen, Hen, Re, Re, Ro, Ro, and, you know, and, and just a super nice guy. So we've actually stayed in touch. Um, he sent me a, a autograph, Henry Rowan Gardner baseball. Um, that we met him up in New Orleans down there. That's where me and my nephew Chance, I took him to meet him. Um, great guy. So rookie of the year, uh, you know, a, it's a Cubs movie and B it's just a, a cool movie. So if you never watched it, check it out. I'm speechless right now. You're yeah, like genuinely yeah. He, uh, with when Henry my nephew Rowan graduated, he sent him another video congratulating him on graduating. Super nice guy. Can you get him to send me a video? I, I can. What you want him to say? I don't know. Get him to sing Pitcher's Got a Big Butt like he does <laughs> on the movie. I, okay. I could probably make that happen. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Dude, Chuck. Wow. It, it's what the happens when you, just, this like, guy you just treat people like, like they're people and not like, you know. Mm-hmm. But I found the solution. Hot ice. It's <laughs> a great movie. It's a great movie. <laughs> Load it. All right, Pate, go ahead and give your answer. I'll be right back. I'm gonna pick my jaw up off the floor. Right uh, I'm friends with a couple of stars, with a movie star. Yeah, well, he is. Uh, I I have to say it's probably a tie between. Bench Warmers and Sandlot. I grew up on those movies. I mean, I think Sandlot was probably the first baseball movie I ever watched. Um, so I, I would say if I had to pick one, I'd have to say it'd be the original Sandlot. I mean, you're killing me, Smalls. Too. I mean, you, you can't go wrong, in my opinion. <laughs> So that would be that probably be my favorite if I had to pick between the two. Look, though, there's some honorable mentions. Sandlot oh, is one of sure. my favorite movies of all time. Oh yeah, no doubt. I mean, it was hard to like pick against that. I went Moneyball. As I assume somebody else was going to take Sandlot anyway. But some other good ones, man. Like there are some great baseball movies out there. Like nobody mentioned Field of Dreams yet. That's a good one. You know, I've never watched Field of Dreams. It's so like it's a good movie. I don't I don't love it like a lot of people do, but it is a good movie. You know, um I'll say this, one of my favorite movies is uh Major League. I love oh, Major 100%. League. Yeah, yeah. Such a quotable movie, you know. Bull Durham has some really quotable parts of it. Um, you know, 42 is really good. Yeah. I mean, there's so many good baseball movies out there, man. Like, uh, For Love of the Game's a good one. Is that the Kevin Costner one? Yeah, the one where he throws the perfect game. Well, I just ruined it, didn't I? Sorry, everybody. But, you know, it's just... Dang, never. I mean, what a a hard question to answer because there's so many good ones. For me, when I first saw the question, I thought to myself... I'm going to have to make a decision here between Moneyball, yeah. Major League, You know League, what we should do? Those three. Is when we get to the World Series, this is a great idea, Mickey. Um, we get to the World Series, we should create like a bracket challenge kind of thing. 
and let people vote their favorite best and see who see what the best baseball movie okay. is. I think you should do that, Pete. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, that's my homework assignment for the week. That's it's a great homework. idea, Chuck. You got a little ways because we got till October. So, which, by the way, Lane, do you know what and Pete next month is? Mother's Day, a year anniversary. Oh, it is. It is. See, you were messing with me about not knowing when Mother's Day was the other day, so I thought you were trying <laughs> to get me on air. No, with no, no. At the ball game, I, he was picking on me. About I, no, it. that was your wife because you forgot it last year, and I both said the, both of y'all were picking on me about it. Two things this this year. I don't. I just don't ever <laughs> think about know, the mother of your children. I don't. No, it's not. <laughs> Well, it sounds bad when you say it that way. I just don't think about the day. It's just, I don't know about Father's Day either. I don't know when that uh, is. I'm sure ML does. keep up with that stuff. Lord help him. But, uh, Pate, any more questions? Yeah. That's all the questions that were sent in this week. Uh, again, thank you to everyone that does send in questions to the show. Uh, we really do appreciate them as they come in. Uh, you can send us a question anytime on Facebook or Instagram at everyday eagles podcast feel free to message us on twitter at everyday underscore eagles our email address is everyday eagles podcast at gmail.com feel free to send us a question we'll be glad to read it on the show all right y'all ready to talk about uh some sports here i'm ready i'll tell you what hold on before we do this we actually had a golden eagle get engaged oh guys it happened i saw it on social media reese ewing got engaged and we all know reese watches the show listens to the show and stuff because everybody does so congrats to reese congratulations reese good stuff good stuff all right i feel like that could be a holy cow in itself but are y'all ready to do the holy cow segment i'm ready holy cow all right, new rule here, guys. You cannot say Slave Wilkes because he is too obvious. That's really just a rule for you, isn't it, Lane? Slade, we all are saying holy cow. Yeah. You are the man. He amazes me guy. every week. Yeah. Guys, he might be – is he the greatest baseball player ever? You know, we were talking about it today. You know, he – somebody told me that his family hired a hitting instructor to come work with him during the off season. Whoever that hitting instructor is, they need to release his name they need, now. Right, so he, he can come. Yes, can you come and do some hitting instructing <laughs> with everybody? Slade is the greatest, uh, the greatest form of marketing you've ever had. Does he? Does he? You need to release your name. We got what twenty games left? Twenty something games. Does he break Walner's record? Twenty three. Twenty four. Yeah, I mean he's, he's on pace. Yeah, he's only ten more, right? Yeah. So we're talking about Mr. Wilkes here. I just want to throw this out there before we do our other holy cows here. Slave Wilkes on the weekend, he went 0 for 4 on Friday night. I know that was kind of anticlimactic. He did score a run, though, but then all of a sudden he goes 2 for 4 on Saturday with a home run and three RBIs, 2 for 4 on Sunday with two home runs, eight RBIs. That was before the fifth inning was up. I mean, and I think he tied the all-time RBI record at full with eight. Yep. 
And guys, I, I went up to him after the game today and was like, man, does it just look like a beach ball right now? And he said, 3-0, they threw me a fastball. <laughs> I just started laughing. I was like, yeah, that's that's a mistake. And I didn't know, you know? that. Scott said in the postgame interview that's his third home run on a 3-0 count. You yeah. don't want to get in a yeah. 3-0. If you get in 3-0, you need to just go ahead and roll it up there and move on to the next next guy. Don't don't even test Slave Will. <laughs> like, right. don't do it. He will – I mean, annihilate the baseball. So he's been really good. Slade Wilkes, you can you cannot say Slade. Now, who is your holy cow player? Chuck, what Golden Eagle made you say holy cow? Well, I am going to give it to um, the Lady Eagle softball team, Coach Natalie Poole. They got their first um, Sunbelt win on Friday. Um, we'll go into a little bit of that a little bit later. But um, – the whole team, congratulations! You got that egg off your off your back. We're three and eleven in the conference, so we're not in last place anymore. So, go Eagles! So that that's my holy cow. The entire Lady Eagles softball team. Well, they got their first conference win on what day? Friday. Friday. Yeah. Then their second conference win on Saturday. Saturday. Then their third conference win on Sunday. We went sweeping, baby. Yeah, the guys and the girls swept it up. There you go. Good job, ladies. Impressive. Keep it going. All right, Katie. I mean, there's just so many, like, so many guys on the baseball team stepped up this week. I mean, Nick Monastere, Dustin Dickerson, Danny Lynch, they all just did. Everybody, like, we looked like a really good baseball team this week. But I think I'm going to have to give it up to Sarge. Sarge, he had a rough start to the season. Um, you know, he wasn't hitting so well. He wasn't doing so hot. But he had those games where he got to rest. He got to sit out. And ever since he sat out a couple of games, I think he's just he's come alive. And as of late, he really has. He hit three home runs on the weekend, I think, two of which were today. And the two home runs he hit today were right after Slade hit mm-hmm. two home runs, which I can't imagine is easy to do at all. So... I have to give it to Sarge. I'm a Sarge fan. I love Sarge, so I think he deserves my holy cow this week. Think about how the pitchers at James Madison felt today. Speaking of, did y'all see Southern Miss baseball tweet today? Yes. Tweet of the century. Tweet of the century. Mad props to whoever wrote that. Hilarious. Sorry. Give them a raise right now. Yeah. It was funny. It's so, just a few numbers here for Sargent. He had a hit in every game this weekend. Went two for four, one for four, then three for four. Uh, drove in RBIs on Friday and Sunday's game. Just all around a good good weekend. Like you said, Katie, the man's come alive. So, um, he's pulled his batting average up some. It's still lower than what he wants it to be, but he has pulled it up some and uh, that home run count, it's starting to trickle up a little bit. He's up to six. So, good weekend there. All right. And then that leaves me. So, I'm going to say, holy cow, Billy Oldham. We uh, Billy finally got his weekend rotation opportunity this weekend, which we kind of called that, didn't we, Chuck? We kind of expected that to happen. And then they announced it eventually that 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 was going to be the deal we did say scott said his role was going to change and he's been good in midweek appearances 
But guys, against James Madison, he had a no-hitter going into the fifth inning before he gave up his first hit. Um, he ended the day with six innings pitched, one hit, one walk, eight strikeouts. Just fantastic. Guys, if if the rain delay didn't happen, right. who what? knows what mm-hmm. he would have had. You know, he was still going strong. I think I like, saw that really they strong. said they would have left him in as long as as long as he was still dealing. I think he would have gone the distance. I, I really do. I think he would have thrown a complete game shutout if they hadn't pulled if the, if the rain delay hadn't happened. Um, he's been really good all year. I think we all knew kind of we had something there, but man, he just came in and really made a statement on Saturday about our new Saturday guy. And just in time, too, because we need him with injuries and stuff. Um, so, Billy Odom, great weekend, great uh, great showing. There were a lot of Golden Eagles guys that, that had a lot of big showings this weekend. We're going to talk about that in my rundown segment in a few minutes. So. You know, it's a very a very good chance this this week that Southern Miss will have the hitter of the week and the pitcher of the week. Yeah, with Billy that's and true. Uh, Slade, obviously. I imagine Slade's going to get the hitter yeah. of the week, but yeah, Billy could get it. To, I mean, if Billy ha- if we didn't have the rain delay and he had gone past six, yeah. I would say there's no doubt we get both. Um, so but we'll see. That'd be awesome. All right, moving into this next week, guys. Let's jump into the can't wait segment. Can't wait. All right, let's kick it to Chuck here. Get us started on can't well, uh, wait. I'm going to go low-hanging fruit. Obviously, we've got a huge marquee matchup coming against Coastal Carolina. I believe it's the first time we've ever played Coastal. Am I am I wrong? I think you're right. Uh, yeah, I think, I think I'm you're right. right. And I believe, um, and correct me, Lane, with the numbers, but I think their RPI is up to like 12 or 13, and our RPI is 17, and there's a good chance we're in top 25 come tomorrow. So yeah. um, it could be. I know that Division One ba- uh, Baseball is going to be there next week. Aaron Fitt uh, tweeted me and told me um, that he was excited to be watching the game up there. So there's a, a lot of the nation's going to be checking out that Southern Miss coastal Carolina game this weekend. It's a top 20 game RPI wise. It's a probably a top 25 game by the time the rankings come out. And, um, the number one and the number two team in the conference scrapping it right. out, baby. That's, that's what you want. That's the, this is the weekend for Sunbelt Baseball. This is the game for, to me, the biggest game of the Until year. Until ULM comes to town, and then we're going to really have fun. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Katie, what about this week makes you say can't wait? Well, I'm going to have to go with whenever we head to Ruston and play La Tech. Um, it's always a fun matchup whenever we get together with La Tech and – Always a little intense, but it's always, you know, it's going to be a good game no matter what happens. So I'm excited to see how we match up against what is really a pretty decent Law Tech baseball team this year and um, see how we fare against them. Should we pitch Dustin Dickerson to start the <laughs> Definitely. game? Definitely. Oh, Lord. <laughs> I-, <laughs> I have a baseball group chat with some friends, and we, um, uh, well, it's really an all sports group chat, but we baseball now. And that one time that 
Coach Barry through and Coach Oz through Dustin Dickerson in against Illinois, I think everybody lost their minds. They're like, what yeah. are we doing? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, who do they think should be the second baseman? Thanks for that, by the oh, way. Yeah. A few weeks ago, making me pick between my favorite children. <laughs> I, I didn't like. mean for it to put y'all in the corner. <laughs> I was just, it's back and forth each week, and we never know who was going to be in the lineup. So I want yeah. to see what y'all thought. You never answered the question either, Katie. I said, okay, so I'm a little bit biased. I have had a class with Creek and Cross. I had public speaking with the two of them. And so, of course, I'm a little bit biased, and I get excited whenever the two of them get in the game. And um, I think I said on Twitter that I think Creek um, has good chemistry with the rest of the infield. I think um, the chemistry that he has with Dustin, Sarge, and Danny is just something that I think it's there's more chemistry there than there is between the rest of the infield and Gabe, I think. But I definitely agree with what Lane said, uh, that we should just go with, with whoever has the hottest hand. And, I mean, it looks like it's Nick Monastir now, so. True, true. All right, and I think that leaves it to me for my can't wait. So, guys, this week, I can't wait to see what Tanner Hall and Billy Odom and company can do. One, I can't wait to see who the Sunday guy is. Obviously, Nico looked good today. Um, We'll see what happens next weekend. I wouldn't be surprised at all to see him be the guy again next weekend uh, for Sunday, but – I can't wait to see how well we can handle this Coastal Carolina offense. Uh, You know, we talked last week about OPS telling me really the story about how good a hitter is. Guys, and I told y'all, a 1,000 OPS to me tells me that's a really good hitter. Well, Coastal Carolina, in their starting lineup, uh, I'll just put it this way, of players who have played over 20 games – that's a good assessment, right? They have one, two, three, four, five, six players batting over a thousand OPS. Six. Very impressive. Then they have two guys that didn't quite make the cut, one with a nine seventy nine OPS and one with a nine nineteen, and then one with a nine twenty eight. Guys, they are crushing. The well, baseball. let's flip it, Lane. Do you know how many players we have with the, that OPS of that high? Yeah, uh, that's it. Let me see. I can get to that page one click away there, Chuck. So we have uh, Slade Wilkes, Nick Monastere, Fowler, but he hadn't had that many at-bats. He just made something big with his few at-bats he had. But but right now it's all Slade and Monastere. Those are the two. So – yeah, they have uh they've been knocking the cover off the baseball. So and it's extra base hits, guys. That's the thing. That's what pulls up that OPS. It's taking walks and you look at the walk numbers, they've they've walked they're a patient ball club. They've walked a lot. And it is extra base hits. Uh everybody in their lineup has home runs. Everybody's hit homers so far this year. Their home run leader's eleven, got another one with ten. Okay. We got um, one with 14. Everybody in their groups, yeah, they've hit a bunch of doubles. They've had one guy hit two triples. Uh, just about the whole lineup has a batting average over 300. They just, they are a really good offensive team, and I can't wait to see how good our pitching. Now, don't get me wrong, guys. I'm saying all this. They are good. 
but I still believe in our pitching staff. <laughs> you know, I still believe in the Hall American. I believe in uh, Billy Odom. You know, we, I, we were saying the same stuff before we went and played mm-hmm. Old Dominion. Exact same stuff before we played Old Dominion. Um, Coastal has played a much better schedule than ODU yeah. has, but we were they saying that Campbell same stuff. They play Campbell Tuesday, don't they? The like, number 12 team in the nation. They yeah, I believe won so. the series against Campbell. Did they? Yeah. They've, they've won against Campbell. They've won against uh, Wake Forest. So they've played, they've good, played teams. good teams. Yeah, they're they're a good team. Now, they're a quality opponent. They are, and their calling card's been their offense. So I can't How's wait to see how well doing? our pitching staff can. So their pitching staff, when you look at them, that's more of the weaker spot. I'm not going to say they're bad, but uh, that's the spot that, you know, I think that they are more susceptible to being hurt at, you know, that we're – we can hurt them more would be that pitching spot. They're, you know, they're starting pitchers have ERAs over four and in the fives and all that stuff. So they, uh, you know, they, we can hit them. They've given up runs, but they've also scored a bunch of runs too. All right. So that wraps up the can't wait segment here. Let's dive into the rundown now. Hey, I like it. Good job, Pete. (laughs) Chuck, talk to us about this fantastic softball weekend. Give us the numbers. Give us the lowdown. All right. Southern Miss softball, 3-0 and on the weekend against University of Louisiana Monroe. That puts us at a 3-11 and conference record, 19-17 um, overall. Your your big spenders um, are the, the three or four that we have talked about all year. Morgan Leinstock went 2-0 and with one save on the weekend. So that uh, Saturday, she got a save, and she got the win on Friday and the win on Sunday. Um, Hannah Borden provided all of the offense on Friday. She had a two-run home run, and they won 2-0. Uh, Jana Lee was like, well, I can do that too, and did that on Saturday, hit a two-run home run, and they won 3-1. to Um so they they are playing, and then you can't you can't leave out Paige Kilgore. Uh, phenomenal job on all of them. Uh, congrats, Coach Poole. Proud of you. This weekend we're gonna uh, Lady Eagles are facing Coastal Carolina here in the Berg. Um, so if you're not watching the boys on TV, go check out the Lady Eagles play. Um, Katie, have you ever been to a softball game? No, I need to get to one, especially um, Natalie Taylor. I went to high school with her. I've had a bunch of classes with her, and she is one of like the nicest people I've ever met. She's one of the smartest people I've ever met. So I really need to get out to a ba- uh, softball game and just sure. so I can see her play. Lane, have you ever been to a softball game? Yeah. <laughs> yes, I have, Chuck. Yes, I have. Uh, look, don't forget, guys. Coastal Carolina, remember their nickname from football season was the Beach Chickens. Remember that? The Chanticleers, we called right. them the Beach Chickens. It didn't help us win back then, though, so maybe we don't need to say that. It was the Teal Field. That's what they are. Is so there baseball at Teal Field? That was the Teal Field. Uh, God, I hope not. It was. It was weird. All right, Chuck, was that in on the rundown on softball? Yeah. Um, 
I challenge y'all to go check them out. Uh, congratulations again, Coach uh, Poole and Morgan and Jenna Lee and all the rest of the Maria Smith. Oh, let me say this. I did get a chance to watch some ESPN um, action with uh, with the ladies as, during the rain delay for the baseball game. And their announcer brought up a very interesting point on Maria Smith, who's the shortstop. Um, like Maria Smith and like, I think she's one of, I don't want to, don't quote me on this. So these aren't exact numbers because I'm going by what he said. Um, she was batting in the maybe six or seven spot and she had like a 158, um, batting average, but, uh, in the lead off spot, she's got like a 368. So good job. I mean, uh, I, it's weird that your your position in the batting order can affect you that much. It's it's a mental thing, I think, Chuck. It's like oh, a hundred percent. Oh, yeah. When you're the leadoff hitter, I think it's just a totally different approach at the plate. Oh, know? yeah. Then whenever you're at the bottom of the lineup, just trying to find a way to get on. I believe so, it. I've never seen it affect somebody quite that right, much. Almost, but almost, yeah. yeah, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that's it for the rundown and softball. So good luck, ladies. Go beat the beach chickens this week. So let's dive into baseball world here. And guys, baseball this week, we have four games. Tuesday night, we played Alabama. Uh, bad things happened. We don't talk about, we don't talk about Bruno. Yeah. Let's just, can we, can we just say that didn't happen and move on? So yeah, not a good not a good game against Alabama. And then we get to the weekend series and play James Madison, and we swept them. The offense came to life, looked like a totally different baseball team. Uh, we were out there pretty much just crushing it. Tanner Hall was his normal self. Had a big night Friday night. I already told you about Billy on Saturday. And then Nico had a big game on Sunday. So our, our starting pitching looked really good. Cross Sively. Uh, was a standout out of the bullpen. I thought he had a really great showing out Let of the bullpen this past real week. Let me pose a question real quick here, Lane, since we're on cross. Do you, to the panel here, midweek or even, uh, you know, if you want to do Nico midweek and him on Sunday, or do you leave him in the bullpen? Look, here's my opinion on it. I think there is more value in having a lights-out reliever than having a a better third starter. That's just my opinion. Other people might say something different. But when Cross Sively gets in a ball game, I feel well, real, you, real good. Wouldn't you feel about good what's about to happen? Seven innings? I mean Yeah, I just there's something about when we hand the game over to him, I know they are not Maybe. gonna score again. <laughs> you know, and I just know it. And he gives us a chance to win some games that things might not go our way early. I could definitely see them moving him to the starting row. I think he's a starter next year. You know, um, I think he's, as a fireman reliever right now, though, being a high leverage guy, I think he has done pretty much anything somebody could. Right now, the numbers on Cross Sibley, he's got a 313 ERA. Uh, 0.95 whip and guys the announcer said something the other day I had to go back and fact check him because I didn't believe it Cross uh, Sively walked a guy Friday night okay 
The announcer said that is his second walk of the season. His first one came in his first appearance of the year back against Illinois. Like, Cross Sively has not walked anybody from the Illinois game all the way to walking one kid this past weekend. He has two walks on the season, uh, 39 strikeouts on the season. He's been really, really good, guys. Uh, pitched really well again this weekend. Um, so, obviously, he was one of the standouts. Tanner Hall, guys, his ERA is creeping closer and closer to being a sub-2 ERA. His ERA is 2.29. He's just, he is the Hall American. He is who we know he is, right? Um, already mentioned Nico had a good game. Some other guys that look good for us. Um, really, I want to go to the hitter side right now to cover some of these guys that looked real, real good for us. Guys, we've mentioned what Slade did. Unbelievable. We mentioned how Sargent seems to be coming alive right now. There is a young man I would like to talk about here by the name of Nick Monastere. We Chuck, he was your player of the week last week, right? Was that you that called him? He was. Your can't was, wait yep, was yep. to see if it was a fluke or if it was the real deal. So you tell me, Chuck, what you think after the weekend. Um, kind of going off what Katie said earlier about how she thinks that Creek has a, a more of a flow with the defense and the and the guys on the field, I you kind of saw that a little bit this weekend. You know, there was some miscues between him and Dustin on on some pitches and uh, or some putouts. And but offensively, I think the kid knows what he's doing. I mean, he blasted his first career home run on uh, Saturday. Uh, I, I think. I think the job's his. I don't. I don't even think it's a question anymore. Honestly. Well, I'll tell y'all, man. And I might be speaking too early on this, and I hate to do that, but I'm going to go ahead and make this take right here, give you this take. I think Nick Monastere is the next big, big, big thing at Southern Miss Baseball. And he's just a freshman. Yeah, I think I think he is. Obviously, we got we got Tanner Hall. He's going to be a high draft pick this year. He's 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 an he's an All American. You know, we've got him. I think Nick Bonastere, by the time he's done here, is a high draft pick. I think he probably earns All-American honors. He might earn freshman All-American honors if he keeps going. Um, And, guys, I think he ends up in the same conversation as Matt Walner, Taylor Braley, those guys. Like, I think he ends up being one of the best ones to wear the uniform before he's done. I know that's a lot to say and a lot to put on a kid after a couple weekends. But there's something about seeing that kid in person. I haven't been able to go to the P to ton lately. You know, we've had a lot of stuff going on, but I got to go this weekend to the games. And guys, there is something about that kid in person at the plate that you just see him and you know he is not overwhelmed at all. I have to agree. Not at all. This stage is not too big for him. Yeah, I have to I mean... Agree. Yeah, like the pedigree was there from the jump. Like when we got him, we knew we had a high ceiling player. Like he could be really, really good. He was Mr. Baseball 6A. He was the best 6A baseball. He was the best baseball player in the state, rankings-wise. 
He was an All-American around the country. He was ranked nationally last year, like high. Like he's one of, I would think, one of the highest ranked kids we've recruited here. We knew all that was there, but this weekend, what I saw wasn't a kid with necessarily a high ceiling, but was a kid with also a high floor. Like I don't see there being, like, I don't see there being a huge drop off with him. Like you know, even Slade Wilkes. Slade Wilkes was a kid. We brought him in when, when his when he was recruited as a freshman. Everybody was all excited as we were worried about losing him to the draft. And we didn't lose him to the draft, and we got him. And he came in. And, guys, if you'll remember correctly, he ended up getting benched. They started like he started in right field. Slate? Yeah, he started in right field to start the year, but by the end of it, he was like a situational play versus a certain pitcher. And that was it because he was overwhelmed early. And we see what he's doing now. Obviously, he's figured it out. But, guys, Nick Monastere does not look overwhelmed by anything. <laughs> this is his stage. Like, he looks extremely comfortable out there. He does not look like a freshman at all. No. And he's got a frame that you could, you could easily see him add muscle to. I think he is going to be an absolute monster by the time he's done here. Like, guys, this past weekend, he barreled up. Every single hit. Every single hit was a barrel. That's hard to do. Like People keep up with barrel rates to see how good a contact uh, somebody's making. Guys, he was hitting foul balls that were absolute missiles down that line. Like He's a big, lanky kid. You see him in the batter's box. He commands the batter's box. You worry about a kid like him, especially being a freshman, being kind of late. On stuff, guys. He was turning on fastballs, hitting ropes <laughs> that were foul down the line, like barreling it up. He that was before he hit the home run. The home run wasn't the hardest ball he hit this weekend. He hit his first collegiate home run. The hardest ball he hit this weekend was a foul ball that he hit over the batter's cage, and it was an absolute missile. Um, the kid barrels up everything he hits. He hits a lot of stuff to the pool side, which tells me there's power coming. Um, if he'll ever figure out, like Dustin did, how to hit opposite field too, guys, the average could climb past what it is now, which is scary. Guys, I think we're looking at – I compared him to Taylor Braley and Bradley Roney because he was a two-way player last year. Like They were two-way players, and I said we might have another one of those. I didn't know at the time, but guys, I think we might be looking at similar production as a Taylor Braley. Like we might have the next Taylor Braley in house, and he might be a a very high draft pick, very very good baseball player by the time he's done. I'm I'm very very high on this kid right now. I'm just there telling y'all, man, it's exciting to watch a kid come in that you knew had that high of a ceiling and I think the floor is really and that, high that too high and that's floor, rare. Man. That's really rare. Katie, so, you were going to say something about Nick? Oh, I was just going to say, you have to imagine that. Yeah, he had a couple of defensive flukes this weekend with Dustin and um, a couple of double what would have been double plays that we missed. But you just have to imagine that the more games he plays with this infield and just – the more games he plays in general, the better and more um, uh, the better he's going to get and the more of chemistry that the infield's going to have. And it's just 
at one point, it's just going to click, and it's going to be magic. I imagine there's going to be nothing that can get past that infield once he can figure things out defensively. And that's he's already got things figured out defensively. There's just a couple of things that I think uh, once they click into place, he's just going to be unstoppable. And he's just an amazing hitter, too. Like, we saw his first collegiate at-bat, he goes and hits a triple. Like, who does that? Who does that? And he's a fantastic closer or reliever for us, pitching-wise. So it's exciting to see, and it's exciting to see what he's going to do and how he progresses while he's here because he's already got such an amazing start. I'm just excited to see how he grows while he's here. No, you're 100% right. I I think the more he's out there, the better he's going to get, 100%. Yeah, he's he's really, really good. So – Another uh, standout I do want to mention, Matt Etzel. Guys, today. Who, who said that that guy was going to be good? Guys, he had hits in every game, multiple hits. He went three for three at the plate and walked today. He literally got on base all four times today. He was getting on base every time he was at the plate today. Um, really, really good, today being Sunday. Um, so, yeah, guys, those were your standouts, really. Uh, some other guys had some big at bats too. Dustin Dickerson had some really big at bats, some big hits that drove in runs. Um, Blake Johnson had some big at bats this weekend. I think we're starting Rod to see his average tick up a little bit. Um, he did. Rod always like he he battles at the plate. He's a good one to watch. Um, yeah, I I think after that rain delay. Saturday, our bats just absolutely exploded at the plate, you know, and and one of the guys looked at me and said, you know, that's, we were seeing the pitch and we're going to see tomorrow. We saw it today, so we hope, and there wasn't no hoping to it. They crushed it, and so the bats are alive right now, guys. I hope they stay alive because we got a test this weekend. Coastal Carolina, I've already told you about their hitting. I could go through here and name off the number of the hitters to be watching for, but I'll be honest with y'all, it's all of them. <laughs> the whole bunch. They're all good. They can all hit. Uh, they're top two guys. Whenever they're at the plate, you got to worry about them losing one and hitting it out of the park would be, uh, I think I think you're looking at Derek Bender, number 53, Graham Brown, number 22. They have the most home runs on the team, so – um, the highest OPS on the whole team is Zach Beach, number sixteen. He he has nine home runs, but he has a three forty nine batting average, a lot of doubles. He's a good player. So, uh, yeah, guys, we got our work cut out for us. I did tell you though about their pitching, um, pitching staff. I'm just gonna read off some of these starters. I'm looking at the guys who have the most games started. You got one with a four seven three ERA. He started nine games this year. One with a five six seven. You got one with a nine one four. You got one here with a three three eight. He doesn't have that many games started. Looks to me like he's just kind of earned a starting rotation uh, spot. And guys, that's it. That's their guys who have thrown the most games started. None of those ERAs really stand out as being something special. Um, I think these games this weekend end up being, I hope not because I hope our pitching staff stops them, but I could see them both coming down to 
whose offense can hang the most points and hang them when we need them. Did you just say points? Runs and and put them up when we need them because it's gonna it's gonna take some runs, guys. Um, so, sorry to be to call you Tanner. out in front of everybody. Tanner, Tanner, Billy, and whoever's throwing Sunday. They've got their uh, they got their work cut out for them. But like I said, man, believe in you boys. So don't let the eggs get hot. That's right. Our offense has got to hit this weekend. We got to keep hitting. This pitching staff they've got is not is nothing special. We've got to hit. So that's it. Going into the weekend, that's your rundown. Louisiana Tech. I hadn't really looked them up yet, but I do have know some this. They uh. Yeah, do you have any? They have, all right, they have 50 home runs as a team. Compared to us, we have 38. Um, Most of their guys have, like, mid-200 batting average. Um, They have one guy on the team has 17 home runs. The next guy has 13. But other than that, it's nothing too special. And like I said, most of their guys got, like, 200 batting averages. So I haven't really – I didn't look at their pitching. Let me look at that. Who's the player with the 17 home runs, does it say? Um, Ethan Bates. Bates. He played last year. I remember his name. Did Steele, Netterville, and Taylor Young finally graduate? Yeah. Well, they were like 15th year seniors last year, I think. I No, Slade Netterville is still on the team. Slade or Steele? That's his They're brother, Slade Netterville. Oh my or goodness! Either, or either they changed his name. They got his brother to come in. <laughs> yeah, so it seemed like he never left. I'm not seeing any of those other two guys though. Let's see, pitching wise, um, they've got Ethan Bates, who has 17 home runs, has a 2.5 ERA, but he has wow. he's pitched 21 innings, so a little two way player too. They got their they yeah, got their own two way player. Monastery. Um, but everything everybody else has three point two, three point nine, four point nine, uh, five oh, five eight, six six, seven three, seven five, and nine two, ten five, ten five, twenty two five. So let's get to that twenty two five guy. Get him in there. Right, that's who we want to see on the week. Uh, week uh, on Tuesday. Are we going to the game wearing our Sunbelt Conference clothes? Uh, I think. We all need to go with Sunbelt Conference t-shirts. La Tech comes here next year. I mean, next week, don't they? Yeah, yeah, so we go to Ruston one week, and then we play them at the the, peak. I think either the following week or the week after. I'm not going to lie, guys. I kind of want to get a little rowdy and a little petty when we play them. Oh, I will be there. It's a Wednesday night. I'm not working that night. Normally I work on Tuesday nights, which is when most of our midweek games are, but that game is a Wednesday night and I'm ready to be there in full force. So that's the week we have a Tuesday and a Wednesday. I don't know how that happened. Yeah, I'm not too sure. Yeah, right. <laughs> I don't know who's going to pitch. Dustin will be starting one of those games. <laughs> yeah, you're right. We played too late on Tuesday. <laughs> yeah. So Dustin, I don't know. Can Sarge pitch? Can Edsel pitch? <laughs> throw them out there. Don't Y'all mess, go throw some. Don't mess with that. <laughs> yeah. Well, guys, that's your rundown on baseball. I think we've covered them all pretty well. 
Uh, thank you, Katie. You did a great job tonight. We appreciate having you on as always. Well, thank you guys for inviting me back. Very I had good. a lot of fun. Well, thank you, Elaine, grumpy old man on Eagle Post. Uh, thank you, Katie Kelly. Thank you, Pete, for making the sound that look good. But uh, we will catch y'all next time. We'll meet you at the peak. Go check out the girls this weekend if you get a chance and uh, yell loud. So uh, we'll catch y'all next time. As always, Southern Miss to the top. Thank you for checking out the Everyday Eagles podcast. The podcast for Southern Miss fans by Southern Miss fans. Be sure to subscribe and follow our show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss a single episode. And don't forget to leave us a rating and share this podcast with a fellow Golden Eagle. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Everyday Eagles Podcast and follow us on Twitter at Everyday underscore Eagles. To learn more about the podcast or to inquire about being a guest on the show, visit our website at edepodcast.com. Thanks again for joining us today. We will catch you next time on the Everyday Eagles Podcast. And as always, Southern Miss to the top. <laughs>